Let's pray together. Lord, we are so thankful for you. Would you let your word speak to us, work through us. Let your spirit work through us so that now we can just be totally dialed in to what you would have to say from your word. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. I uh, kind of resonate with Samaje a little bit. I mean, yes, this past Thursday was Thanksgiving. It's the only day you get permission. Actually, it's expected that you are going to be a pig. (laughs) I mean, if you just eat like, I mean, you don't like eat on Thanksgiving because eating is like grabbing a snack. I mean, you prepare three meals, like your pre-meal meal and then after meal. You know what I'm saying? Like Thanksgiving, you get ready to throw down. And and I'm not going to like, you know, ruin. We know that Thanksgiving doesn't had did not take place historically in the same way that the like little coloring book makes it. So I'm not going to do like a history lesson on Thanksgiving. We do know that a meal took place, though. We do know that that historically a meal did take place. And uh, every year when we go to my mom's house, uh, we'll like get a grub together and uh, kick it together. And then at some point, either after a prayer or right before we eat, and my mom, she never like does it at the same time. But she'll ask this question. She'll say, what are you thankful for? Everybody in the room has to go around and answer, what are you thankful for? And uh, uh, it's, it's like a real simple question, but the question actually shows how shallow you are depending on your answer. Because sometimes like one of the kids, she'll be like, okay, so like, can you tell me, like, what, what is it that you're thankful for? And the kid will be like, cornbread. <laughs> and 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 it and it and it just reveals that like for the for that for that second grandma we ain't we ain't ate yet like I'm well these I'm 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 got these hunger pains and I know that you might be trying to ask me something deep where I'm supposed to like think of the past year and all the amazing things that God has done but all right now I can think about is cornbread. <laughs> Family, as we, as we jump into today's scriptures, as we look into this passage, Jesus is going to do something. He's going to, to do something with a group of people, and their response is going to let you know the depth of their intimacy with Christ. Whether it's a, a cornbread response or whether it's something far deeper. So look, look with me. In Luke chapter 17, and if you have those pew Bibles by your knees, feel free to grab it, or we'll be looking right up here. We're looking at Luke chapter 17, and Luke, Luke is a brother that, that tells this narrative of Jesus, but his goal is to make sure we get an orderly account. He, he's a doctor, and uh, you know doctors, they like to line it up and make sure things are clear, and so Luke says, I want to make sure you got a clear understanding of Christ. But the goal of every doctor is to see their patients healed. And so Luke is going to 
keep in that same vein. We're going to see a healing aspect from this parable. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. On the way, verse 11, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Samaria, Samaria. Remember Samaria. That's the that's the that's the the, the rival. Think of think of the, the the biggest rivals you can imagine. I mean, start back to when you was a kid. Come on now. You got, you know, G.I. Joe and Cobra. What you want to do? You want to do Care Bears and the dude with the dark cloud? I mean, start picking your rivals out, you know? Ohio State and I knew he was going to throw that there. Let me hide. You know, I know after this weekend, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, um, you go go big, you know? You start, but, but when you start really thinking like culturally, I mean, it's like, it's like Huey, like Black Panther, KKK. I mean, I mean, these these cultures, the Jewish culture that Jesus is connected to and flows from does not rock with Samaria, with Samaritans. Samaritans are actually viewed almost to a degree as dogs. And so Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, this place where he's going to be trumped up on charges that he's totally innocent of, but he knows he's going to usher in a new kingdom. And on his way to Jerusalem, he goes through this part of the world that he's not even supposed to be connected with. They drop that as the background. What he doing there? Who he rocking with? He's not supposed to be with them. That's just, that's just the background. Roll me to verse 12. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He was met by 10 lepers. What's a leper? A lep. How do I how do I let me I want to make this like visual A leper is like. So every summer I got this problem. I don't know how to stop it, but every summer I get ants in our home. I get the traps. I get the bait. I set the powder out around the house. No matter what, somehow the ants find their way in my house. And when you come by, you might see a little ant and be like, oh, you know. But in the back of your mind, you're like, dang, Pastor got ants. Is he clean? Like, do he clean up? What's going on? You know, imagine, though, if I had a cloak. And my cloak was covered with ants. And everywhere I went, you saw ants crawling up and down this cloak. If y'all can see Alicia's face right now, y'all be like, whoa, because she's got the right face. It's that face of (laughs) disgust. And not only did my cloak visually show it, I also had a big sign that was on my head that said ants. So now even from a distance, when you saw me and I started to come into your church or I started to come into your restaurant or I started to come near your house, you you might start to slide away a little bit. You might start to cringe a little bit. You might start to worry how much of my ants will begin to infest your establishment. See, that's what's happening with lepers. The lepers are people that have a variety of diseases. But what has happened is the priest determines 
the degree of this disease. And then he says, your disease is so bad that you need to be on the outskirts of the community. You need to be away from the community because we don't want you infecting us. And so over time, you get one person out there with their cloak on that people see as disgusting. Then a second, then a third. And somehow they've got to the point where now it's 10 people together. It's a small group of them together. But you and I know that when it's one person sitting on the block, sitting there with a cup, asking for some change, you can keep walking to the Nike store and totally ignore them. You can keep heading where you're going and totally ignore them. But put 10 people on the corner with cups. It takes some strength to ignore that. And so in these numbers, in this community, in this new group of 10, now their voice is more powerful. Now their voice can grab the attention. Now when Jesus walked by, They scream out, they shout out, they say in unison, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. It's a unique thing because only his disciples, only those that walked intimately with him called him master. Most people would say teacher. So we do know that for the most part, this group has a little bit of a Jewish background or they've heard about the miracles he's performed. And if you Put in your in your notes that you take in there or in your mental notepad, put in there Luke five and Luke five. Another situation happens where there's one leper, one guy. Jesus heals the man and he says, I don't want you to tell no one. I want you to go to the priest and let the priest see what's happened. And Jesus heals the man. He goes to the priest and the priest is so shocked by what has happened by the healing of this man, that the word travels all throughout from country to country to country. So these lepers by now have heard that this Jesus is a healer. And so they got wind of it, and now they get their voices together, and they're ready to cry out, Master, heal us. Master, heal us. Continue with me in verse 14. So I want you to hear hear how Jesus responds and then how they respond. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus's feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. I, uh, it's interesting. So there's a few like words here that during first glimpse, you don't realize the power of the words. So I'm going to jump around within this, but just bear with me. In verse 19, it says, and he said to him, rise. Oh, sorry, go back to that, J.D. You were good. 
your faith has made you well. You might think that we're talking simply about healing, physical, but actually well there means salvation. It actually means like being made whole, being restored. It's not just you feel a little bit better. It means now you have peace. You have been saved. And so you see this interesting switch up take place where now there's 10 people. Nine have one experience. One has a different one. It's it's as if. Jesus says to them, hey, I want you to go get cleansed. So it's almost as if Jesus is standing there far away. They shouted, hey, can you heal us? He says, I want you to go to the priest. They see Jesus at a distance, go to the priest. And as they're heading to the priest, get cleansed and keep rolling. They keep going. But. There's one who was there. And as he's walking, he gets cleansed and stops. Turns back to God. It's a different reaction. A different reaction from the other nine. Now notice, though, how many got healed? All ten. But just because you got healed doesn't mean you got saved. We, we got Christmas coming up and uh, Christmas comes up and there's those beautiful songs that they're not gospel at all, but it'll be like, you know, better watch out. You better not, not, you know, like all the jams that you know and love. And, and they start to say, well, I, I can't remember the jingle. This is escaping me right now. Lord, help me. But it basically talks about like, uh, uh, Going to find out who's naughty or nice, right? Like that, that Santa's coming. And, and, what, and what the premise of that is, 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 hey, if you've been doing well, you should get Christmas gifts. But if you haven't, you shouldn't get nothing. You get a lump of coal. You get a pet rock. You know what I'm saying? And there's this, there's this assumption that, hey, do well, we'll hook you up. And so you and I know that rule is bogus, but we also know, forgive me, but we know some bad kids. We know you, come on now, if you don't know none, come to my family. I know some bad kids. Oh, not my four. Well, they could be, all right, sorry. Anyway, all right? But, 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 but let's say you got some bad kids. Christmas comes. You give the kids all new toys. Does that change the kid's character? Does that make the kid a new kid that's like, oh, now I will do whatever you say, mother. Father, I've been waiting for instruction all day. Like, (laughs) you don't see a character change happen because they got what they wanted. And that's what happened with the nine. Got cleansed. Kept on rolling. Got what they wanted, but didn't stop and turn back. And so what does it then say is the posture of the one who turned back? Look in verse 15. 
And there was a there was a guy who wrote a commentary and I was reading and and then I my computer crashed. So I actually forgot who came up with this. It wasn't me, though. But there's four things that you can see right here in verse 15 that tells you four things that he does. If you see one, shout it out. What's one of four things that this man does? Turn back. Right. I'm not just going to keep rolling. I'm turning back. Me? He praises God. Praise God with a whisper. With a loud voice, right? I just got healed and the man just saved me. I'm screaming hallelujah. He saw. He saw that he was healed. Somebody said he fell on what? Fell on his face posture of worship and gave what? Gave thanks. Very different posture from the other nine. From the other nine. And it's cool because he all 10 had to be obedient, right? Like, like, I I love this because it is Jesus's power, but it's also requiring some trust from you and some obedience. So he could have said, Oh, y'all are shouting out to me for to be healed. Y'all healed. But he he actually says, I want y'all to go back to the dude who declared y'all filthy. Start walking towards him. Go back to him. And they could have been like, no, Jesus, I ain't going back to him. You got the power. Just heal me right here. I'm good. Sounds a little crazy, but we can we can get there. We can begin to tell God how we want the healing to take place. Tell tell God we know best. So, God, if you just do it like this and it needs to work like this and it's got to happen like this. I look at some of y'all and I know I know I've been blessed to know a lot of y'all stories. I ain't going to get into all your stories, but but some of y'all. You know, you met your spouse at the club, at the club. Da, da, da. Okay, yep. So, so we ain't gonna tell all the stories of where we met, you know. But, but some of y'all actually, in following God and was doing life here at MacAv, met your spouse in the church. In, in this church. If, if you would have written your story and tried to like say how all of it, no, follow God. Trust what he asks you to do. I love the obedience of these 10, even though all 10 didn't respond fully the way God wants. When he said, go walk towards the priest, they went. But there is one who went further, who acknowledged that the healing was greater than something that was just physical. And this is the trip. They give him, they give this own, the own sentence in the end of verse, what is that? Verse 16. And now he was a what? A Samaritan. They let the story build, which is basically saying, uh, it's kind of like saying, um, You know, oh, there was these 10 ducklings, but then there was this ugly duckling. What does that imply about the rest of the ducklings? 
Nah, they weren't ugly, that they were cute. That this one stands alone. This one stands different. You know, man, everybody threw down and cooked some great pies. But what's her name, pie? That pie, you don't want to touch that pie. You know, it's like it implies that the others were healthier, were different, were Jewish. So these other nine, being Jewish, should have known. They should have been expecting the Messiah. They should have been looking for everything perfect. And the least one that you would inspect, expect, the last person that you would think would be the one that would worship Jesus appropriately would be the Samaritan. There's beauty in this story, y'all. Because actually, we're all the Samaritan. We all should not be here based on a heart of stone that God then grabbed and said, I'm going to make you my child. And we responded and said, thank you for loving me in this way. I want to give you my life. We're not supposed to be here. If I could just pause for two minutes and start listening out each of your backgrounds, you ain't supposed to be here. You know you got cousins that's what? You ain't supposed to be here. You know you got family that, 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 that got a YouTube channel about being an atheist. You know you got people who've passed away, whether it was through natural causes, a car accident, whether it was through running the streets with you, whether it was through foolishness or just unfortunate circumstances. We are not supposed to be here. We are the Samaritan. But then my question to you is what does it look like for you when Jesus not only heals you of something physically and you start to experience him, but will you turn back and worship him and give him the gratitude and the gratefulness and the thankfulness that is present? That's why this is connected to Thanksgiving. I know it, you know, I ain't talking about the turkey too much, but family, we got a reason to be thankful, to be grateful and allow our posture, our lifestyle to demonstrate it. And then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Except this foreigner? You could end up being healed and not being saved. You could end up having Jesus care for you, but you not experience salvation. You not experience freedom from slavery to sin. You not experience new life. So you could end up having community and not be saved. You could end up having good friendships and not be saved. You could end up getting new housing and not be saved. You could end up having children or having your children have good friends and not be saved. You could end up with 
food or resources, tax exemption, physical healing, whatever. You could end up with all this stuff and not be saved. But it seems like here, and this is one of the unique areas, we know Jesus says clearly, repent, believe. You know, we know Jesus says clearly uh, there's a heart transformation that has to happen. We know. But this is one of the rare areas where a person responds and their response are actually some actions. And God says, now you saved. Now, I know the other 10, the other nine have done some stuff, but based on what you just did, your faith has been made or been expressed through action, you're saved. And so family, as we, uh, Sister Betty, on oh, what she's doing ain't crazy, we, uh, we take questions when we think it'll provide understanding to the text more. And if I don't know the answer, I'll say I'll get back to you. Go ahead, Sister. Mm. That's a great question. Is there unity of evidence of salvation? So uh, beautiful question. I, I, would, I would even stick with this text that we have, which let me find where I'm at. Um, it says in verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed. Okay, so when I saw that I was healed, I realized that everything that I was doing was sinful and that I was leading people to hell. That's part of my salvation story. When I realized that, like, because I, I was a justifier, I could be like, hey, it's cool to go get, like, we got some young folks here, so it's cool to have a behavior that's totally horrible, but as long as I pray over my meal, I'm cool with God. I could, I could do all these and God showed me personally, Leon, everything you do is sinful. And apart from me, you will lead people, but you will lead them to hell. I, I needed that crazy wake up. But, but, but that, was, that was my, when he saw that he was healed. My brother's story, and we was raised in the same house, is very different. My brother's story, as best I can remember it, is he was in church kicking it, and, and I, I'm a fact check this, so I'm going to bring it back next week. But I think it was something to the effect of somebody saying something through the music. My, we had a Sunday school teacher that had been talking to him, and something happened where it just made sense. Not a devastating sinner type approach, which is what I needed because my ego was too big. If you would have, that's what God, that's how God grabbed me. My brother, it just, so, so while I think there are evidences, I also get excited about the fruit of the diversity of those evidences. Like we should all be saying, what was my like moment where I realized he had to heal me because I was jacked up. But now what it looks like is 
maybe your praising is with a soft voice because you're already loud like me. And you know if you keep going loud, all you're going to do is draw attention to yourself. So you know what? God calmed me and made me sit still before him and be quiet. And when there was prayer meetings, I didn't go, yes, Lord, we praise you today because I actually had to sit still. And he said, shut up. Because you run your mouth too much and I want your heart more than I want your, you know. And so, sister, I, 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 I want to go there. But my mind is limited in the expressions that God can bring forth out of a new heart that loves him. And as I look at these young people, I get so excited, you know. I'm like, man, we might have the next gospel mumble rapper in here. You know, like I get excited. Sorry, y'all, I don't like mumble rap. But I know that's what y'all love. But, it's, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know what the expression is going to be. But, but, you, but, but, but did he grab you? Did he cleanse you? Did he, did he heal you? And we should be able to, in, in, in love with one another, humbly come before each other and say, wow, your story is beautiful. And celebrate each other, not, oh, well, you didn't kill somebody, didn't get saved, oh, your story's boring. Or, or because, like, our cultures can be very different, we don't value the beauty of how God is working even through our different cultures, you know? And so, I'm, I'm, and so sis, that's a, that's a great question. I, I think it does come back to, like, yeah, I... I, I I'm about to reiterate and say the whole thing I just said again. Was that, was that yeah. somewhat clear? Amen. Amen. Um, and so, so there's, a, there's a couple of questions that come to mind as we, as we are trying to understand this text. Because there was something that had the other nine continue walking that they didn't turn back. Maybe the only thing they could envision was the physical healing. And, and, and my, my question to you is, what is it that would keep you distant from Jesus? What is it that would keep you from turning back? Is it, is it the hope for no dead? Is it the hope for a new house? Is it the hope for, you know, uh, uh, the kids being out the house? Is it the hope for like, you know, the getting the perfect spouse someday? Is it the hope for, you know, having the perfect marriage someday? Like what is it, what is it that could, could take you away from your focus being on Christ versus just what he does? Because he could give you that. He could give you that. And then what? When he gives you himself, when he gives you peace, when he gives you the glory that has created all things, and he says, you can have me. Now the healings matter, but the healings are not the end goal. And so Psalm 103 is a psalm that sums up the heart that we are to have as believers. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Why? Because he has forgiven our sin. Because he has conquered death. Because whatever those little diseases are, no disease compares to the disease of sin which has separated us from a holy God that created us and loves us and wants us to be in a loving relationship with him. But yet we had this infection. And Jesus says, I want to make you whole. And so we bless the Lord because of that reality. And as a result of that reality, we get some healings. As a result of that reality, the, the, the stuff that would lead communities not to love us, God works in our hearts and does some things. And, and even there's some miraculous healings that happen. I believe in that. I believe God is still in the, the healing business today. But my prayer, but our prayer is that our posture would be this Psalm 103 where we're going to bless you, God, and always have a reason for thanksgiving because of what you have accomplished on the cross always got a reason to be thankful. May that be our posture as a church. May we encourage one another when we are in a season of complaining. Doesn't mean that we're not real. Doesn't mean stuff isn't going on. Doesn't mean that we don't write these prayer requests and talk about, hey, family was jacked up during Thanksgiving. Let's be real. But our vision is is beyond some of these smaller, smaller, physical manifestations we want to see. We want to see lives restored and folks saved. And it starts with you. Are you saved? Are you one that will respond by turning back and Jesus saying, man, your faith, I could rock with that. Your faith has healed you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. Allow us to be people that are, have hearts that are grateful, that respond with action, that demonstrates our gratefulness. Lead us, Father, that we might serve you, worship you, and celebrate you in a way that's different from the world. Even if the norm is doing it one way, we're going to do it another because we want to worship our King. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.